Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Albert Breer is on the Mattress Warehouse Hotline, the MMQB. Great work for SI as always. And detailed Jay Gruden's prep on quarterbacks ahead of the draft. Albert, I got to tell you, when I uh, clicked on the link, I was expecting to see Gruden and and Snyder and and how basically the the decision came to pass in the draft room. But really, this was a deep dive even before that on Gruden as a quarterback evaluator over the last few months. It sounds like, based on the conversation you had with him, that he was watching film not just on the couple of guys that he knew were going to go around the Redskins pick in the first round, but on every quarterback in this class, every throw they made. Yeah, and, you know, I think the big thing for them, Grant, was not wanting to be pigeonholed into taking one at 15. You know, I think that that's where you can a lot of times wind up making your mistakes is when you predetermine where you're going to take one. Um, because then if, you, if the guy that you want isn't there, maybe you wind up panicking and doing something you shouldn't. And so I think that the big thing was the Redskins were in such a weird spot coming into the off season with, you know, Alex Smith, indefinitely unavailable. Um, same goes for Colt McCoy. Um, you know, like Jay said to me, like, they couldn't they, – they, they didn't even have somebody to throw in OTAs, you know, a few months ago. And so I think what they want to do is just try to create as much flexibility as they possibly could where they wouldn't be forced into a spot where they had to take one. And, um, you know, I think that part of the plan there was, okay, like, if we, if we, if we bring in Case Keenum, or someone like that, then at the very least, if we need to tread water for a year and get to 2020, we can. Um, but we know we're going to have to take Warwick somewhere in the draft. So, like, let's look at all of them. And so I think that that's a smart way to do it. You know, and it's, it's interesting because Jay was in a situation that was similar but a little different in 2011 um, where, you know, Carson Palmer had retired and the, the Bengals literally couldn't do anything because they were in the middle of the lockout. So they couldn't go out and get a veteran option. So they literally had to find a starting quarterback in the draft. And I know Jay sort of wanted to try to avoid that this time where, you know, he would be forced to take a guy who he knew was going to be starting for him in the draft, which was the idea of bringing in Case Keenum in the first place, at least creating an option with a guy who'd started in the past. Not that they saw Case as any sort of long-term starter, but at least he was a guy who you could compete with in the short term. Yeah, Albert, listen, if, if Dwayne Haskins doesn't turn out well and he turns into a punchline, as so many guys have before him, no one will remember that they played this really smart. But I think they deserve credit for not only what you just mentioned, the the kind of safety blanket for next to nothing to get Keenum, but the other thing is they didn't panic. They didn't trade up to go get somebody because they were worried about missing out. And had Haskins gone, I got the sense that they had a plan for that too. It seemed... Pretty cohesive, yeah. pretty smart here for this offseason. Well, and I'll give you guys, I mean, I, I think one of the main things for them was holding on to the draft capital that they did have, right? Like, cause, and, that, and that's what allowed them to go and get sweat at the bottom of the first round. Um, you know, it was, it was a big deal to them. And, and, and I can tell you this, like, there were a few teams that were exploring moving up into the first round, right? The Redskins were obviously one of them. We've heard that, right? 
the Redskins were one of the teams that were actually offering veteran players instead of extra picks. And so, you know, like, I think that they were trying to think creatively here, like, okay, if we do have to move up, we do feel compelled to move up, what would we do? And I think part of their plan was, well, do we have somebody on our roster that maybe we can move to try and get up into the upper reach of the first round if we're going to do it? So it sounded to me like, you know, going into the, the week of the draft, they were really set on the idea of maintaining some flexibility beyond what they were going to do at the quarterback position. And obviously they got pretty fortunate that Dwayne fell to them at 15. Um, but I, I do think that they had contingency plans in place and they weren't planning on just selling out for one. And, you know, as a result of that, they wind up coming away with a pass rusher that I think would, would have been in consideration at 15 if Haskins hadn't been there and sweat. And then they turn around and they get Terry McLaurin in the third round. And so, you know, I, I, we don't know how these players are going to turn out, but it does, Feel to me at least like they played, you know, the whole the, the board. They played the the, the, the game of assets um, pretty intelligently going into the draft, which I, I think you guys know better than I do. They haven't always done. Albert Breer on Grant and Danny here on the fan. You've piqued my interest when you say they considered maybe moving some veteran players instead of some picks. Do we have any idea on who those players were that they were shopping? No, I mean, I, I like I, 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 I don't have exact names on those guys, but I just tell you, I mean, you probably look down the roster and see. I mean, it's, I mean, look, they weren't the only team that was doing this. <clears throat> One of the things that was interesting about um, the market to trade up was, you know, there were so many teams that were desperate to get out, um, and so many teams that wanted to accumulate picks between twenty and seventy because that's where the strength of the draft was, right? So there were so many teams that were looking to get out of high picks this year um, that they were pretty active making calls out. Like, so, you know, those teams in the top 10 were pretty active in trying to spark discussions with some of these teams. And I think some of the teams that were looking to move up were like, well, you know, we don't want to give up what we have there between 20 and 70. We don't want to give up future capital, but maybe X, Y, or Z would work. And I know with a number of teams, that's where some veteran players' names came into the fold. And, um, you know, I think it's just, sort of interesting um, from a trend standpoint, the way that that happened this year. I, one thing that I can tell you that, that, that was really, really interesting about this year's class, we've seen so many big swings up for quarterbacks the last few years, right? I didn't talk to a single person. I didn't hear one mention of a team offering a first-round pick for next year, a 2020 first-round pick in any sort of scenario moving up, which I thought, it's pretty unusual that 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 that, that 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 would never be on the table. But this year, it just flat out wasn't on the table for any of these teams that were looking to move down. Albert Breer on G&D here on The Fan. Uh, did you in your conversation with Jay broach the subject uh, about Snyder and Haskins? Here's why I ask. The million-dollar question here on this show and I think for the media in this town right now is, we know that Jay Gruden really liked Daniel Jones. What we don't know is yeah. how much did he also like Dwayne Haskins? How much convincing had to be done? You know, the, the perception is that Dan and Bruce decided they were getting Haskins. And one of the things I was told is if they had to move up to do it, they were going to do that. And whether Jay Gruden wanted that or not, it was going to happen. But if he really likes Haskins, that's less of an issue. What do you know about that? I mean, I, I tell you that I know Dan Snyder really liked the idea of... I mean, I, I wrote it in March. I... You know, I, I, I was out there with the, um, you know, the stuff on Dan's kid and, and, and Dwayne going to high school together. 
in April. So, I mean, look, I'm, I'm well aware of the dynamics there and that I think Dan really liked the idea of having Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, as the quarterback of the Redskins, something that he could really sell. And, you know, on top of that, I know Bruce Allen was at the Ohio State Pro Day and that the, the Redskins were there in force. Oh, but I'd also tell you that, that, that Jay has, over the years, been pretty honest with me about quarterbacks. And you guys can look at my stories that I did with, uh, with him on Robert Griffin, <laughs> that I did with him on, on Kirk Cousins, that I did with him on Alex Smith. I've always found him to be very, very honest when it comes to talking about that position. And, you know, he, 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 when he was going through the pluses and minuses of Dwayne, I did get the sense he really likes the kid, you know, and he really does think the kid can succeed. And so, um, I don't know, man, like, I just, you know, again, like, like, I, I understand that, you know, like you obviously talk about, about a guy a little differently when he's in your building than maybe when he's out of your building, but I just, I go on track record. And Jay's always been like a pretty honest guy um, with me, uh, you know, over the years. And, you know, I, I really did get the sense that he likes Dwayne. And I don't know how he had Dwayne stacked against Daniel Jones or Kyler Murray. Um, obviously, the other two weren't available to him and weren't available to the Redskins. But, um, yeah, I, absent of what he thought, you know, on Jones, absent of what he thought on, side, on, on, on Murray, I really did think that he – he felt like, you know, there was really a lot to work with there with Dwayne. Albert, excellent with us as always, and it's a great story. Folks can check it out, uh, the SIMMQB. Just so, so good, man. Appreciate the time as always. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, go give it a read. It is worth really your good. time. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 